Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, start the clock, count down an hour. You're sitting with us, Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team, the number one podcast, numero uno, about game development and the lifestyle of game developers simultaneously. We hold no punches back, and we tell the truth, we tell it like it is. And I said we, because I'm not here alone. There's three of us today. Uh, I'll let Mr. Brandon Pham help introduce the third guest. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's Roundtable News. This is the segment where we gather up last month's biggest news and give game dev opinions about them. So disclaimer, (laughs) please do not get us fired. These are opinions reflected on ourselves and not of our companies. If you feel angry, send it all to Ray. He can take it. (laughs) Speaking of, welcome our third podcaster unofficially ray graham what's up ray what's happening ray ray has been in the seat so much that there's like a groove for him you know what i mean so like it's it's, that's his seat seat is warm yeah (laughs) nice and warm so let's get into the uh the big topics all right so for me it Uh felt like activision 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 all segments it seems like all dismemberment (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but maybe good news. That's a good. So uh, let's start with a big, big concho, right? I mean, this last year, but especially this last month, has been dominated with uh, mostly how Activision is doing. So stock-wise, it's been dropping. And uh, usually this is happening after their fourth quarter uh, earnings call, right? So like all the public news kind of spoil out and so on top of that there's bungee stuff all right uh destiny and bungee parting ways with them and then on the other side there's the uh uh not the call of duty guys who who else is there it's the uh the the blizzard guys Mm -hmm. a lot of executives leaving but also a lot of employees being paid to leave very interesting so they're cutting costs. So what are you guys' thoughts? All right, well, we got to unwrap this one at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll start with the big boom, which is everyone's talking about it right now, especially uh, as, the, as this episode was recorded. Activision and Bungie parting ways. Um, to me, this is speculation here, but obviously Activision is a publicly traded company. Their stock has been going down for quite some time. Over the last five days, it's actually gone up a couple of points. But for the most part, it's significantly low in this performance. And I would say they haven't really been hitting the financial expectation mark for what they expected to do with Bungie, uh, excuse me, with Destiny 2. So I think this is a chess move where Activision is like, we need to free up some cash. You know, we've made a lot of big investments. They haven't paid off the right way. We've gotten in trouble with the fans over microtransactions. And we agreed to spend however many million over 10 years on Bungie. I think Bungie was the biggest piece of fat that they could trim from the company and uh, hopefully, you know, retain some cash from that. Because I think didn't Bungie have to buy themselves out of the deal? I'm assuming Activision didn't just say, here, go ahead. We don't want you anymore. It was probably Bungie had to buy their independence. Does anybody have any verification on that? But either way, that's an influx of, I'm assuming, like two, three hundred, four hundred million dollars right there is a guess. Yeah. like um, No, it's actually the complete opposite. Oh shit! (laughs) (laughs) So they paid Bungie to leave. (laughs) No, I'm just uh, just kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, the uh, like, there was some news that happened like uh, middle of last year where where Bungie got a hundred million dollars in investment from uh, Netties, right? Mm. And part of that part of that press release when they when they actually when that actually happened, I totally forgot about this too. Somebody reminded me about this, Mm. 
uh, it was like, it was basically, they were like, yeah, you know, we're getting this investment because we want to do new IPs and we want to just do self-publishing and we want to do this and we want to do that. We want a, a future, right? We want, we're taking this investment for our future, right? Hmm. And like right then. That's the nail, scratch right there. The nail, yeah. nails and activism yeah. like right yeah. there. Right? So like, yeah, if we want to do new IP, we want to self-publish, they're not going to, they're not going to want, they're not going to like, they don't want to be in that treadmill of just making destiny again and again and again. Yeah. Right? By this time next year, we need more DLC. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they, they're independent. They can self-publish. They have, yeah. they have revenue stream coming in from Eddie's. Right. And so they go out and just, and just try to do it themselves. Uh, okay. You have the most info on this. How do you feel about a $100 million investment though? That's, that's not, that's like a third of what I would expect they would spend on the development of destiny three. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, but also I'm assuming yeah. there's more coming. Or? Probably, or they probably also have more money in the bank too, right? But like, yeah. that's that's a good start. Like yeah. if, if they want to, to get started, right? Yeah. Well, wouldn't they have the revenue stream now with all the microtransactions they build into the game? They have some kind of <laughs> that's like the first stuff they're going to remove. <laughs> in, in my, opinion. I don't think so. I think I think fans are fine if it's done right. I mm. think the the strangle that Activision has was like the yearly quarterly half twos instead of like the quality because their last DLC was revered by all uh, uh, gamers as like a return to form. Yes. Especially hardcore. So everyone's embracing it again. And if anything, that has always been a game developer's dream, like the, the, the biggest fans trust. Right. But like, it's hard to do that when you have to kind of squeeze in the, the yearly quarterly earnings as part of the design right yeah. so i think the original deal was a 10 year uh deal with activision right deal, i think right was it hasn't it been really three games or was it just 10 years i believe it was supposed to be three games right? yeah it's 10 years and and it's okay. uh, it's uh, the publishing deal is over in 2020 right okay. so basically what that means is like yeah Cut like short destiny 2 some dlcs some support right but destiny 3 will be independently yeah done by bungie Right. So, um, I put some thought into this today, actually, while I was at work, because I was preparing, you know, I was putting some notes together, like we're, we're stepping it up on this podcast. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about was if Destiny 3 was coming out, when would I even want it to be launched? I'm assuming already it's being worked on, right? Like at some at some point of development. And I don't know how long it's been worked on. But what I will say is coming into 2019, I know for this whole year, we're going to be on current gen technology. I don't think we're going to see a PS5 this year or an Xbox 2 or whatever, an Xbox, let's just say. I don't think we're going to see that this year. Maybe an announcement and a date for when it will come in 2020, but I don't believe we're actually going to be able to purchase console hardware this year. Uh, if I were them, though, I would be trying my best to make Destiny 3 a launch day exclusive or just a launch day for one of the two, right? <laughs> Somehow, some way. Yeah, well, yeah. whoever has the furthest date out, I would try to do launch date. Well, I think that's a that's a given. Right? Yeah, I think yeah, because like how else? How like you're gonna sell? You're gonna get that's you're gonna sell. The, you're gonna get more exclusive dough so that you yep. can take the thing. Like if you promise a platform holder, yeah, we got you exclusive launch, right? Because yeah. like, it makes it, sense. Forgive my ignorance, but because uh, I have it for PS4, but is Destiny on the Xbox? I don't think it is. It is. It is, it is on the Xbox? Okay. Yep. Sorry, Destiny, you guys, and Activision and all that. I should have known. It's Activision. It was, it was the first, the first, the first one was uh, like a PS4. Like, I think, I think, I can't even remember it, but the first one, yeah. the PS4 version had special perks and you had extra stuff, I think. Got it. it eventually came to Xbox. Like, yeah, of- yeah. Something about that was like, Larry, I think it might be exclusive, but it could be just the, the stain of that original exclusivity, yeah. but I don't have it for Xbox. I just thought and, it was. And PC. 2 was out on PC. 2 was the one that was also out on PC. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, I think it will be great for Bungie themselves to be launching on new hardware, right? It'll be a great opportunity for them to reestablish themselves. Plus they're going to get the huge influx of there's like six games available to buy. So of course, you know, they're going to, they're going to go with old tried and true destiny three is my, well, hopefully they, I feel like, I mean, we have some good friends over there that are smarter, at least on the design side to, to know that the, the serial release of games is dead, 
Like for that type of game, especially if Warframe hasn't taught them already <laughs> that they don't need to base it off of this anymore. Just create with the three a Destiny universe. Yeah. That they can regularly update. And and I think that probably is in the cards. I like if anything, that this base thing was a forced mm-hmm. idea. I hopefully, right, where Activision's used to that and they don't want to take too many risks. Seriously, man, I'm so tired of losing my powers every time I play somebody's new game. <laughs> Amnesia every time, right? <laughs> so I, I think this is great news because, I, you know, we all respect Bungie. I mean, they are uh, the pioneer for FPS on consoles, especially. Yeah. And uh, generally, the first time around, they won a lot of people. A lot of hardcore fans love Destiny. That was like mm-hmm. the buzzword of the town. Destiny 2 kind of lost a bit, but they g- gained some trust back with their uh, latest DLC. And uh, it, it was great that Activision was cool enough to give them that opportunity to keep going with that. So that that was actually pretty surprising that they Ooh. were able to work that deal two, three years short of their contract. I mean, I, I guess they paid it off, but you would think Activision would be the type with the, all right, you can go away, but we're keeping this license. Uh, I, I, no, I think from I think from day one, Bungie learned the lesson from Microsoft, right? Right, okay. So they went into the deal with... with, with uh, the clause. Activision yeah. saying, this this ours, right? Yeah. And like, like you know, like they, they learned the lesson, and then it's pretty yeah. clear that then. So the next time around, they're like, it just it just turned out. This it just seems like they just shouldn't be. They just shouldn't be dealing with big companies. Like they, they just should just be rolling independent and, and mm-hmm. get it moving, right? But as we know, like it's hard. It's hard to actually make a game and have the money to make yeah. a game, right? So they have yeah. to they have to partner with people with money. And that's why the Netties, the Netties thing is a, is a good thing for them. Right? How did that even happen? Like, that's what I want to know. Cause they were, were they just partnering with Activision? It wasn't mm-hmm. an Activision subsidiary. Okay. It was a yeah, it's a partner. So yeah. all that happened was they retained the rights to destiny now. So yeah. it wasn't a, we've bought ourselves back from Activision. No. Okay. All right. So then that explains why it wouldn't take $400 <clears throat> versus. Right. I mean, obviously Activision got the bigger profit sharing part of that deal as mm-hmm. they were teaming, uh, publishing, I mean, financing the team yeah. and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, in the end, they both benefit from it. I, I, I don't think, I think Activision got their money worth, right. In, in terms of not losing a profit, obviously yeah. from their last earning call, they would have liked destiny to match up to their chart, uh, to where they thought destiny franchise would be as a call of duty equivalent. Right. Well, maybe like let, me, let me ask a straight up question. Like, sure. do you, you remember when the first Destiny came out? They were like, yeah, $500 million over the next 10 years. Yeah. Like, yeah that's what we're going to put into this. Do you think it made back $500 million? Over, I think between Destiny 1 and Destiny 2? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure they 100%. made a billion dollar. Yeah. A billion dollar plus. Yeah. For sure. Across mm-hmm. two. Then they just announced that they made five hundred million off of Destiny. Just this, the second one, and the second one, I don't think did as well as the first one. Did they? Okay. I'm, no, I'm, I'm asking. I, well, I, I, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember hearing the numbers, so that's why I'm, I'm just asking the question. Because I, I'm basing that off of fanfare and just what I believe feels to be the player base. Because I would love to get my hands on some numbers, but you know how that goes in 2019. Yeah, Activision just likes charts that looks like that. <laughs> So anything that is like that is a failure trajectory. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can say this. I'm as a Destiny One fan and a Destiny Two skipper completely. Like I played it for about thirty minutes or so, maybe an hour, maybe two hours, like some insignificant amount of time where I definitely didn't get my money's worth out of the purchase. Um, I'm happy to know that Bungie is going to take over full creative control and delivery of the product. Um, I think big corporational publishers, EA and Activision this year have been like super greedy on the microtransactions and we're not even this year, but like these past couple of years. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. As soon as they told me that my my shader in Destiny was like a one time use and you got to pay to get more. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite things from Destiny one. I already knew what time it was. You know <laughs> what I mean? I already knew what time it was. So good on you, Bungie. I I I, I hope the champagne flowed in the offices today and uh, I'm sure they were cheering and screaming 
It's so happy. To well, be I, they literally did do that. So I would, uh, yeah, they did. They in the in the article, they they talked about how they celebrated today <laughs> at, when they officially announced it. So um, I'm looking forward to see what kind of uh, creative freedom they get from this deal. Um, so I'm looking forward to Justice Three to see the difference mm-hmm. uh, and and how they handle things. And uh, it's great news. I mean, we love AAA guys. Um, especially independent studios having full control at that capacity. It must be the one of the f- only few big AAA in, independent uh, de- uh, studios, right? Everything else is besides maybe Insomniac. I mean, how many are there? Epic? Insomniac, well, I, I hate to even call Epic like independent because they're, come on. <laughs> but they are, right? They're, they're not... Well, they're they're not like a Ubisoft or EA, really, right? They have one main big studio where all their big. Am I right? What are they? they do, you con- they do you concur, Ray? People can you probably fly. know more about this. Concur, concur about what? Epic Studio is unlike the other ones because uh, other ones have campuses. When I think of Epic, I only think of oh. one studio in North Carolina, right? No, man. I think of when I think of independent, I literally go to the word dependency, like i.e., yeah. someone else is paying for this for us. Yeah, okay. they've been well, they've been in, they've been independent, but also like it was because of the the whole uh, ten cents. Yeah, usually right. help them remain independent. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But I'll give you Insomniac. I'll give you like obviously now uh, Bungie for sure. Uh, I can't well, think of the big ones. Some some guys in on Discord saying CD Project as well. CD Project Red, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Discord. Yeah. So MVP of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the, right now, Bungie's got to be the the biggest indie studio, right? Yeah. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I mean, I'm congratulations! Just, it sounds good, dude. Yeah, as a sounds, gamer, as a it's fan, actually really good news. No disrespect or slack to Activision. It's more so that like I hope that they course correct. That's what I'll say to Activision. Um, but to Bungie, like, yeah, go make some cool ass shit. Like the reins are off, you know, now's the time to do what you've dreamed of as a company, like start making the cool destiny that you wanted to, but we're held back from doing. Right. So, so uh, th- the way that, uh, Bungie kind of celebrated with champagne and popping <laughs> the other side <laughs> over at Blizzard, looking at this news as like this oh, <laughs> ungrasped dream that they'll ever achieve is looking at their their issues that they're having now right so they're still owned by activision obviously mm-hmm. the same stranglehold that the bungee felt creatively is still deep within oh, yeah. their neck i'd say it's even worse right because <laughs> this isn't a guest you know yeah. what i mean that like you at least have to you know what i mean like it's not like you're the boss and they're your employee this is literally like your, your son or your daughter like they own like you're, they're in bed together you know what i mean like literally they've merged their companies together versus we just have a partnership but we're the financing side of the partnership i really feel bad for everything that i'm seeing happening at blizzard i say this as somebody who's like my lifelong goal was to retire right. at least wearing the blue jacket once like yes i worked at blizzard so i pay very close attention to what goes on over there and like from what i'm seeing as an outsider like it seems just really depressing how things are shaking up, uh, I will say. It seems like the old guards are leaving, not forcibly, it's just their time is up, right? In, in terms of where they want to be. Yeah. But also a big transition because there's always been hints up to, you know, recent years where there's like, well, maybe the way they're changing things because the Activision uh, investment is starting to take hold in their creative changes. Because the cool thing about Activision is if you're like crazy successful, they don't change the formula. But the opposite is even more true is like if there's a slight change, that's when they get all over it because it's their bottom line is being threatened, right? Well, I was going to say, man, we were like first we were like firsthand. It's not so much. You don't change the formula. It's that you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's the- right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, I don't know how I feel about the whole blizzard stuff because like mm. people are real down on it. Right. Like they're real mm. down. They're like, oh, blizzard's completely changing. Right. But then when I look at what they're producing, right. Like I think her a great game. I think mm. Overwatch is a great game. Mm. I think uh, Diablo had some missteps that they corrected when, you know, down the line. 
and then the new Diablo mobile thing. I'm like, people, the only people against that should be are the people probably that are just against having money. Uh, like, cause they're going to make so much money from that game in Asia. Yes. Right. Sure. Um, like, so like all the moves they're making, like all, all the games, at least I see still see high quality games. Right. Sure. But at the end of the day, though, Activision is a public traded company. That's the answer. Yes. And I definitely want to. Sorry, right? I, I didn't mean to cut so, like, that's that's you know that's what happens, right? Then then the games are now like you have to hit the financial targets. Mm-hmm. You left alone, right? And if you're not hitting financial targets, okay, now how do we cut back on expenses? Because yeah, because Bungie, um, sorry, Blizzard also has a legacy of having long yeah. development cycles. <laughs> those, those, Fair enough. Those those cost money, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Okay, well, we gotta we gotta lay off some people then, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of sad. Like, everybody seems real down on it, and they're like, "Yeah, the moves they're making." I still I still see quality games coming out of there. Maybe the next batch might not be quality, maybe. Um, but I'm, I'm still I'm still happy with what I've seen so far. Right? But everybody seems to be super negative. Yeah. We're seeing anything. Well, as far as new stuff though, I be- wasn't Overwatch before the Activision Blizzard merger. Like it was developed and released. Was it developed and released before? No, and that came after the merger. Well, I think it was around that time. It probably is in was in development. Okay, like, yeah. but it was. I, I wouldn't say it was completely conceived after the. the well, the Titan half of it for sure was before. Like we all yeah. know, Titan was like six, seven years in development. Six years before they decided it was Overwatch. I believe something like that. Yeah, yeah. It might be half true where it, they got like a boost from yeah. the Activision uh, method, yeah. where it's like, "Come on, guys, get it together! All right, do something." I think the fear from the diehard Blizzard lover and consumer side is that like they've seen how Destiny One went to Destiny Two, where I would say Destiny One is like pure product. I think it was fun. It was hard. A lot of people didn't get to play like the top level content, but so was World of Warcraft when that came out. You know what I mean? So I saw the integrity of the product go down, in my opinion, from one to two. And I definitely felt the Activision financial influence requirements. Or, you know, it might even be unfair to say Activision financial influence because I'm going to get to a second point that, Ray, you brought up yourself. But the like the need to be extra greedy, like super showed up in that game, in my opinion, and like ruined it for me. And so I bet a lot of people are worried that like that kind of thing is coming Blizzard's way. Now, Overwatch, you're buying cosmetic stuff. So I really don't care how or why you spend money there. Heroes of the Storm, you're buying cosmetic stuff or potentially an experience boost. But in the actual competitive part of the game, it's always a fair fight. So I don't care how people spend money there. Hearthstone, you got to buy cards. Look, I get it. That's how the game works. I've been playing Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, whatever, whatever. I'm used to that. So I actually don't feel bad about those products. I think the Diablo one, it's mainly that fans felt cheated because it's due to the cadence you would expect like all right we should be at least seeing something about diablo 4 by now right like we know air quotes we know diablo 4 is coming everyone's appetite is wet for it people are salivating and then what we get is hey here's ios diablo hitting china hard you know fandom wise everyone is upset business wise i understand like i completely get it you got to modernize the mobile platform is a huge platform that you need to take advantage of. Plus we're talking about blizzard who made hearthstone, who has more mobile data than I will. So of course I could see them wanting to say, we should get more franchises on this device. I don't want blizzard fans to be upset by that, but I understand why I feel like they are is because they feel like what has been beloved to them, what has been tried and true, a company that says gameplay first, a company that has been known to be like the last bastion of great PC entertainment, is starting to shift away from that significantly in a way that people feel like they're going to lose something great is what I believe is happening. Number two, Ray, you said it yourself and I want to give you all the kudos is again, Activision Blizzard is a publicly owned company. There are shareholders at the end of the year showing up with pitchforks and torches talking about where's my dividend. You know what I mean? And I always say this, I was like, if you gather all the shareholders into one room and say, okay, everyone who's in here, every single one of you guys, Raise your hand if you've played an Activision Blizzard game this year. I wonder what percent would literally just be investors chasing dividend and money versus like, not only am I a gamer and a big fan. No, I'm just wondering. You know what I mean? Like if you were to just guess, oh, where do you think that line would be? There's no need. There's no need to guess. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you have to understand that like a lot of these decisions to like, hey, we need to make revenue. 
Yeah. You know where the pressure is coming from? People who are not integral to the love of playing video games the way that we are as fans. Yeah. What gives me what gives me speculation bit, here? Yeah, what gives me a little bit of hope? Well, of course, this is using kind of an older example. Is like what you mentioned yeah. about watch and the cosmetic things, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I have a friend that was working at a free-to-play mobile company, right? And he's like, "Oh man, they're leaving so much money on the table. They're not monetizing this correctly, right?" Yeah. And, and because they didn't feel the need to try to extract all of the money that they could possibly <laughs> extract with the loot boxes, right? Yeah. Um, and so, like, that gives you a little bit of hope that there was somebody like, "No, no, no, only yeah. cosmetics, right? This, yeah. this is the only thing we're going to do." Yeah. And 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 it's not scummy. Like you can actually get uh those loot boxes very yeah. yeah. Very, right. So there's no incentive to 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 buy it, right? Um yeah. so, so that was like an example of like something that you can make me off of. But like I know free to play people are like, nah man, they're they're not monetizing this country at all. Right. So yeah. maybe that will change with the with the with the, with the new games that are coming out. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm just like I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's Activision, so yeah, it's uh, Brandon. I don't want to. I don't want to take up all the airtime here. If you have a huge thing, a, a huge point, I'd love for you to jump in. Well, I just want to say, like you know, the game consumer is evolving, right? So. <laughs> trying to meet like yearly revenue estimates as the incentive to for design choices is not always a good thing because you kind of need to try things to kind of have like a longer uh, shelf life mm-hmm. for your game. Destiny being one of it. I mean, it's the, the, some of the decision that was made was like, so incentive to kind of raise the next quarterly uh, mm-hmm. uh, profits margins and not kind of continuing like a, a neat little design idea. I mean, like the last quarter, its last DLC is like a prime example where the creatives saw it as a huge success of winning back loyal fans or hardcore fans and going back to the roots, what, what made destiny great again. Uh, and then, but why, (laughs) (laughs) but Activision, right. Activision looked at it, at it as a complete failure because it didn't meet the numbers that it needed, but only 500 million. Exactly. (laughs) But like we know as game developers, winning back the fans will have a trajectory of better success and more money later, but not now. Yeah. But you know, in, in a, in a corporate type of world, looking at that information, they, they cut off their losses and saying like, Hey, we can't bleed anymore. Mm. Knowing like right before the huge turn of, uh, of the tides, right. Mm -hmm which is around the corner. I feel destiny is completely unshackled now to really reach its true potential success mm-hmm. because I, I love the idea. I, I haven't personally played the destiny franchise mostly because I disagree with the serialization, mm-hmm. especially when it was confirmed from one to two that you lose all your development. It's like, why, what's the point of that? Like it's been proven that you build your character, you're invested to a certain point that you want to still kind of go pillaging and keep going and, 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 and then do that the same way Warframe does it. Right. So hopefully they go towards that direction. And then now it's something that I will look at. I honestly think they have to, right. Cause like Warframe is a huge alternative when it's like, Hey, the price point is very favorable. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You're messing up the game that I have to pay for. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, to kind of like talk about the blizzard thing real quick, where they're Mm -hmm. still in that little, um, they're exactly in the hole that we're we're talking about where they're still answering to um, investors or uh, uh, people who have a, a stocks in the company. Right. That I think it's not just about the feeling of how Activision is kind of forcing like quarterly profits, but we're seeing a program that they've said they've always had, but pushing more uh, lately about paying employees to leave. Right. And people at Blizzard are all top notch developers. Yeah. So it's more about like thinning the fat. Right. And what what is what are those guys working on? Probably like creative projects that haven't been announced uh, or projects that, that are announced right now, 
but just sticking to safer routes of making money instead of like taking risks with the franchises. Yeah. Um, your your favorite game here is a storm to oh, hit. It's, it's too soon. It's yeah, still- right. <laughs> I mean, the no, team is still yeah. going, but a lot of yeah. it sounds like a lot of the the, the team is being uh, split into different other teams just to keep it operative. But that's you know that's it. How many, so, how many people are really playing Gears of Storm though? If you compare Heroes of the Storm to all of the Blizzard games, it's not being played as much as Overwatch. It's not being played as much as Hearthstone. Like when people it's are not walking, being played as much as World of Warcraft. Yeah, like when people are out on the streets and we're like talking to other gamers and people are like, <laughs> right. like nobody except for Larry Charles would be talking about Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> Seriously, though, know, right? Like nobody but Larry, right? And so, like, sure. that's, I think that's a. Indication of like they're just like they're looking at it, they're looking at the, the balance sheet <laughs> again, and they look back at the balance sheet. They're like, nah, <laughs> like what are we doing? Here, and so <laughs> here, here's what here's what I'm hoping. Without seeing their Excel sheets, I know the neckties over there look down and say, you know what? Technically, this game is profitable, right? Yeah. Like all of our games are profitable. We are making more than we spend on all of these games. So on a technical level, they didn't have to do anything to continue business. But when you look at efficiency, when you say, okay, this game has 300 developers and it's making like 1.2, and this is just some random ratio number I'm making up, but you'll get the point. We have this other game, though, that we have maybe right now 200 developers and it's making like 6x. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, that's, that's why I feel like reshufflings like this will happen where they say like, hey, even though this game is technically profitable, we feel like we can better use these people on other projects yeah. or even maybe we're developing other stuff. Maybe we're going to be, you know, reinforcing World of Warcraft. Maybe Overwatch needs some more people. Like, I really don't know how the reshuffling happened. All I know is that my team, yeah, my team, the Heroes team got cannibalized and restructured, reshuffled, but they're still making HOTS. They just cut the expensive stuff. HOTS well, now this, is the game. But right? it's news like this where the game consumer like kind of feels like, well, it's a game that you're making money off of, but because you're so driven by profits, mm-hmm. a good game that is making money for you, that isn't costing you uh, in the negatives, you're, you're, you're willing to cut me off. Yeah. And, and as in terms of brand loyalty, I look at Blizzard now where I'm like, well, should I get invested in any of your games? Because mm-hmm. if it's not hitting numbers, invisible numbers, that doesn't meet your expectations that uh, eventually I'm just putting my time into something that is not going to uh, grow into something else. So this is the same way that the Diablo guys felt. It's like, yeah. yes, Diablo 4 is coming out, mm-hmm. but like. It, it, these decisions where it felt like priorities are 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 in favor of the company instead of yeah. the consumer, which Blizzard was known for fan first, fan first yeah. all the time. Yeah. It's first. changing. The dynamic is changing. And down. people are, if you're not going in that direction that we love Blizzard for, it only means you're going the other direction, right? It is a sin to go to your own trade show and speak to the investors and yeah. not the community. That's you know what I mean? That's yeah. like, that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude, don't, you're not here for the shareholders. Yeah. You're not here to like con, tell yeah. people how, exactly. Like Stuff. this is fandom. This is like, we live and die by your games. And they don't love you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people are complaining about. They're feeling the grips of Activision and uh, with all these stuff as a game developer, I'm hearing it's like, all right, now it's like, uh, it's the, it's the Activision that I associate the brand to that is taking hold of one of the most creative studio ever, yeah. ever built. Right. <laughs> so, all right, Larry, why don't we hear a word from our sponsors? Oh, man, look at this. All these new scans available to use in our game. Thanks to Megascans. Brandon, can you tell the good people about what we're looking at here? I am so busy and excited looking through this week's drop of Megascans. Again, this is Quixels Megascans.se. Megascans.se allows you to look through libraries full of Megascan photogrammetry, textures, and assets Mm -hmm. at a click of a button. So top you're going through this top quality AAA studios, indie studios are using this. It just cuts your time in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you like that pause? In seconds to make your game look better 
at a fraction of the time. Yeah. So what you want to do right now is go to mazecans.se at checkout, enter our code GDU, GDU to get 30% off for the first three months and try it out and you won't regret it. Yeah, it's definitely worth a shot and tell them we sent you. So again, that's GDU at checkout. But this kind of leads us off unless you guys have some conclusive yeah, I, thing. On I want to jump in with one last thing because it's, and it sounds like we're like dropping a lot of hate on Activision and Blizzard, but you have to understand that these companies have released products and developed products and helped build teams that have made things that have been a very serious part of my life as a game player, as a game consumer, let alone a game developer. I've been worked for Activision at a point in time. Any sort of harsh love or criticism is not because we hate and we want to see them not there because then there go all those memories, there go all those franchises or the hope that any of that will continue. It's more so that like, I want the game industry to go back to there being like a respectable balance between the consumer and the developer and the publisher. And like right now, I feel like our publishers are treating us like crack addicts where they like, they just know that they got our money no matter what and they can do whatever the hell, you know what I mean? And hey man, I just don't think that that's the way it needs to be. I think that you can make money off of your game. I think monetization is fine. You can do it in a way that you make money. You can keep your servers running and all the overhead, whatever, whatever. You don't have to... You don't have to pull every last damn penny out of every customer that you have thinking that that's the way to go, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree with the sentiment, but, <laughs> but we can talk. We can talk a whole Is it really that bad? Is it really that bad? Show, man. It's always about money. No way, man. I, no, 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 because cause like, cause I think part of it, too, is also the increasing expectations of the mm-hmm. game. Right, like games, games are getting more and more complex, more and more expensive to make. Better, 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 better. Still selling for sixty bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so the and then companies that are that are driven by fiscal years and quarters and have to always show growth. Mm-hmm. Right, man, like we're spending so much money to, to show this growth, right? And that, and that is what has spurred that. That has that's what has spurred the microtransaction thing, right? Sure, it's it's. Every publisher, every, every let me okay. We need to make money. No, seriously, every publisher is like, we need to make money. We need to find other ways to extract because we mm-hmm. cannot increase that sixty dollars price, right? And so they're just like finding ways to extract. And they they look at mobile and 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 Fortnite and all those other games are over there going, yeah, baby, four hundred dollar, four hundred million a month, mm-hmm. right? And they're like, what? <laughs> like you can't get some of this, right? And that's the thing, though, right? The road to getting to a creative outlet I'm glad is to let that. the yeah, it's because of the creatives being able to play with the toys. Yeah. So Fortnite got to where it was because a, an indie company wanted a new mode that hasn't been really realized, right? PUBG created a mode that was a phenomenon. And triple A companies took notice finally because they were always on their path of profit growth, right? They were never taking risks. Risk equals, uh, you know, creatively being uh, just fun with the design, right? They don't, so, so we're, they're veering off that road always. And they're always relying on indie guys to take those risks and then taking that audience <laughs> eventually. And that's just a very sad thing because how many times can, Indie companies can uh, create a new battle royale, right? It's like once every seven years so that they can do that. And we expect AAA guys to be those guys to do that type of it because they have the money to actually pivot. What I would like to say, though, is like... Well, they have like really good designers, at least, to come up with that stuff, right? When I look at the whole idea of like, it's costing us more and more and more to make games based on the expectations, right? Like, I do know that it's costing more and more to make games, but I also say that like... Who is setting the expectation that it will cost or take more in the sense of Spider-Man? I love Spider-Man, like my favorite game that I've played this year and the second half of last year. I think I got through the main story in like nine hours. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? God of War, I put more than like 12 hours, 13 hours. I I think probably like 13 and a half hours. I'm nowhere near like feeling like, oh, I'm about to beat this game. Like there's so much content that I still have yet to experience and go through. Now they both cost 60 bucks. The reason why I bring that up is I still think it's possible to make a game to a reasonable scale and still have it feel like it's worth the $60 to the consumer. I don't think that every game that comes out from now on has to be like Assassin's Creed size, open world, 
you know, 200 hour adventure costing 300 plus million dollars for development and marketing. You even, know what I mean? Even, even the games you're pointing out as like simple examples, right? Both, both God of War and Spider-Man are actually really yeah. good games. Like, yeah. story-wise, I mean, sort of short, like mm-hmm. in yeah. side stuff you could do mm-hmm. and the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Like even those, like a game like God of War is what it was at one point in time. Linear, go mm-hmm. through, kill some monsters, have some fun, get some cuts, yeah. right? Even God of War was like, yeah, no, we got to make it bigger, <laughs> it more open. But like even God of War, it was like, no, yeah, this ain't flying today, right? We have to do more, right? And 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 that's and I think that's fine because that's what pushes us to do better stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But we cannot deny that that costs money. And then especially when yeah. it's and especially when it's companies that are like driven by fiscal years and stuff, it becomes serious, serious. Business. I hear you. I guess is there a way to say what's the responsible cutoff point where you can say we've done well, right? Whenever I hear the financial expectation, okay, but you see what I'm saying, right? So like, hey Ray, you spent two hundred, you made four hundred. Are you happy? Company to company, that answer will change. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's all. That's all I'm trying to get at. I you know I hear you. You you don't want them. You don't want you don't want corporate companies that are that are, are dealing in capitalism to be greedy. Mm-hmm. However, it wasn't 10x. This is a failure. <laughs> however, they are capitalists. <laughs> yeah. They are, but it's probably one of the reasons why there's not a lot of AAA companies left. We're getting less and less. It's like it's just the Titans plan now. Yeah, yeah. So, how sustainable is that to keep expecting um, more and more and more and more? And it's, it's like the outside. Yeah, I mean, game companies are making money in other ways, and mostly by non-veterans in the traditional sense mm. like the mobile space everybody else is like this is their first time looking at games in a different way in a different lens mm. and so we're a lot of the triple gay a guys are are kind of like trying to copy paste some of the formulas without doing the 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 homework uh in a way where letting your creatives be creative and then uh finding a reasonable way to kind of work with the customers and exchange that service right yeah it takes time and so but the thing is that i don't think they're giving them enough rope to to figure that out and it's always well three months have passed we got to talk to uh another talk with the guys (laughs) investing in our companies and you know do you guys have anything yet it's like dude come on man Give me some, give us some time. Give us some time. And like in terms of like, yes, the production has gone bigger. Like Spider-Man PS4 versus Spider-Man PS3, if there was one. <laughs> there was, right? Production-wise, you know, yeah. it's a lot more heavier, you know, but time hourly, you know, eight hours to nine hours is the traditional single player experience. Yeah. But in within those eight hours, it's more jam-packed. But what was five million copies being sold was a success is now like nine point one million copies, right? From Spider Man PS4. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that 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 like golf clap. Like, yeah, good job, good job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like <laughs> in terms of evolving the sixty dollar, they doubled it in, mm-hmm. in what a PS3 game success is supposed to be, right? Yeah. So uh, I don't, I don't think it's all bad. Where it's like if they were still selling five million copies with double the team, that's a problem. But yeah. they're making money. And Just leave them alone. <laughs> sixty dollar games aren't sixty dollar games anymore. That's just the entry fee, right? Like yeah. by the time you're done playing DLC, Duty, by the yeah. time that I'm done playing Spider Man, I'm gonna spend what an extra ten dollars per DLC because I want yeah. the DLC. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So that game purchase is gonna be a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a, a creative problem where Our, designers I, I, and developers will figure out a way where it's fair because they're at the very heart consumers themselves and they're going to figure it out. You can't have the guy in the suit telling you how to, how to make things fun because you're going to feel that. And that's the problem right now. The microtransaction, it like, it's starting from one end to get to the fun, right? That that's a long approach (laughs) of screwing your consumer. <laughs> I don't ever want to work for a company where the neckties are the game designers. Like, nah, yeah. don't. I just, I just think that, um, like, I'm old enough to remember when DLCs used to be called expansion packs, and they yeah. were free, <laughs> right? Like, they were free. Yeah, that's how old I am, right? And so, like, you saw that happen, right? It was best game 
the LCDs and they had to pay for them. And people are outraged about that. And uh, here's microtransactions. People are outraged about microtransactions, right? Yeah. And just yeah. really going to be the norm. It is already the norm. Like, we're <laughs> complaining about it all day. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's, it's already the norm. Right? Uh, we don't even have enough. You, you're not even hating on the worst offenders, I feel, too, like, like NBA 2K19 and things like that. Ooh, ooh, don't get me started. Look, don't. You, you, you don't want to get me started on NBA 2K19, <laughs> man. These, these, these kids. And adults out there <laughs> throwing their whole life savings into this stupid game for the microtransactions. We'll talk about yeah, talk about entry fees for bro. I feel bad. It's like I'm not even you all that feel, good at the game, but I feel bad. I feel what so kind of the, what are examples that they're well, two K nineteen? It's basically you pay the sixty bucks, but then yeah. when you play their online mode, that pay is to win. It's the most fun mode, right? Much <laughs> everybody just goes okay. Let me drop another eighty. Yep. Mm. Get enough um, rank up a little bit so that I can yeah. boost up my player stats to yep. 99 or whatever, 98, yep. so I can be at least decent basketball yep. player. Exactly. Right? You um, you can't you can't grind out for free unless that's the only thing that you do all day every day. Well, you you can't grind, but it will just take forever. Yeah, that's yeah. It's it's it is literally. I was I don't want to say literally this way because I usually use it to like really emphasize, but I've been getting into so many battles over literally, so I gotta stop using that. It's reinforcing the ease of playing the game and having fun if you pay more, which in principle, as a game designer, I hate that. Like, I want the game to just be fun and you are choosing to spend more. Like, there should always be ethics in taking money or asking for money from the person. Don't force me. Like, I'm not even getting the value of the game originally if I have to spend more money to just enjoy myself and do what I was expecting to do. That's extortion to me. That's robbery. Now, if someone can make a conscious choice and say, I would like this, maybe I don't. That's cool as a microtransaction to me. I absolutely need this or else I can't even play the game. I'm going to be poo-poo on my squad. They're never going to let me come back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the playground looking sad. I can't play. Hell no, man. But like to be real pedantic about it, though, you you do have a choice, right? You could just choose to grind and be sucky in the process of grinding to the point where everybody on my court will, will send you private messages telling you how much you suck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud to say I have not purchased any DLC until I bought a Tekken character that I play with <laughs> for $5 because they, for some reason, excluded him from the, the original roster. So you couldn't... Uh, earn him you have to buy him as a dlc character and guy? that has only been lay long the drunken i knew the cop right yeah the cop yeah, that's my I guy i knew that's it. my guy i knew it was him so i have never spent extra money on anything ever and i choose that to be that way because you know i'm i'm used to it being free from the mod community mm-hmm. from the back to the pc days internet wise i haven't bought xbox live or ps live <laughs> like remember I'm very when, old school dude remember when all it took to get an extra character in tekken was beating the game with a character yeah. you already had it's different now. bring those days back like that that was fun i'll tell you what smash brothers from here on from here, yeah. i'll just say this right now i personally have no problem paying 65 dollars. i'll give you an extra five bucks if you just give me the freaking game uh, like I know that that's not enough because they're in their mind they're like well we would rather take $30 from you Larry like $5 is like I hate when neckties I hate that but I'm just saying I would I'll be happy to pay more for the game because I'm the kind of person where I just want everything for my purchase price and I don't want to ever spend money on this game ever again and just give me that let me have some fun I think I'm still trying to hold on to that maybe I can't in this day and age you know games as a service seems to be the way you make big games now uh and if that's the tide, I can't fight the tide. But I'm just saying, I prefer, I've given you my money, give me my game and hold none of it hostage behind any sort of door that's going to require another financial deposit. Play Smash. <laughs> Smash does it really well. I mean, Nintendo is still like uh, retro mode in, in a good way or accidentally, right? They're still very behind <laughs> <laughs> but in, for for smash and earning characters again it's they're really good at that so i mean i mean we can close it with that obviously i mean one last topic 
uh, shoving Activision aside, I have a feeling that they'll be creeping back up in our roundtable news this year <laughs> as they figure things out, right? Um, I want to go straight to Epic Store, right? The Epic Store has just uh, acquired an exclusive deal with the AAA publisher, Ubisoft, hmm. right? All their games? So where's no. Well, for at least the Division 2 okay. and multiple okay. games after that, if okay. that sale, the sales number uh, justifies it, I, yeah. I, I should think. But that's a huge tear away from Steam. Well, it's taking Steam away from Steam, mm-hmm. right? Because they, their whole restructuring for Steam was to entice bigger players. Mm-hmm. And the last big player in town that doesn't have really their own their store own is going over to Epic instead. So what does this mean? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you just say Ubisoft does not have their own store? <laughs> no one is going they don't to have Uplay. their own. Hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Because you're making your your your. This is exactly my point, uh, and why this whole move is like I'm just looking at Ubisoft real side eye. Like, okay, real side eye. <laughs> do it, do it. Because from day one, from jump, when they were like, okay, you play time, like from yeah. when they were on Steam, mm-hmm. and they didn't do what everybody else is doing and just remove and say, come to us exclusively. Right. Yeah. And it told me like, we have no faith in this. Yeah. We have no faith in you, but yeah. mm-hmm. we don't think we can sell as many games as we can, with just you. Play. Right. You ain't playing is what they're <laughs> right. And then, and then now years later, now they're like, Oh, now we, we don't have to deal with the steam cut and we could get a better 12% cut, better yeah. cut with uh, the Epic game store. Let's go there. We still don't trust you play. Yeah. <laughs> and it is just like, come on, man. You if you really, really, really wanted to save the 30% so badly, mm, yeah. Make it exclusive on your new play. If mm. you really are about that, right? But like, but come on, man. You How know, much right? click marketing do they really think they're gonna get? Like Steam, I could say sure, like you're gonna get a decent amount of like attention from being on Steam. Usually they like rotate games in out of user's face, whatever. How much really is that going to drive your sales more so than just, hey, the new Division 2 is out. Go get it. Here's where you buy it. You know what I mean? I don't think it's going to compare. Well, I think Epic has a sweeter deal because, you know, more details have been um, revealed about what they're doing with their indie guys where they're guaranteeing sales number. And they're doing extra branding to make sure that their numbers are met. Well, so that, Steam doesn't do any of that, right? No. But that's for the indies, right? Like, like Ubisoft. And I'm sure money changed hands for Ubisoft to do a times exclusive on that. Yes, for yeah. sure, right? Um, and it, and it's probably is just a time exclusive. Probably will come to Steam later, right? Like three months, six months, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, but like, it's just, it's if they really cared about saving all that loot, like, why not just just they have a platform that they control. Right, yeah. and all the money from right. That's what that's um, what I'm saying. It's and they like, don't really need, and they don't need discoverability and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're Ubisoft making these big open world games. Exactly, games out. That's what I meant by asking how much really are they going to get from the like yeah. through of like oh I saw it on the front page so I bought yeah. it versus here's where you buy the game. Yeah. They should have just made their own platform. Well, they had their own platform. That's the crazy thing. But but I'm sorry, they yeah. should have just endorsed and supported their own platform. Yeah. But it's easy to say that today because everyone except for EA is balling off their own platforms. <laughs> EA is making money, but I just Origin just feels like the redhead is like it's the one where it was like, "Hey, you playing? You playing?" And then that other person, "I've got it too," and like we don't want to play with you. Like Origin to me feels like the forgotten. Origin's better than you play because we just sat here right now and was like telling Ubisoft that they don't even have a platform, right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think for me, and I don't want to hate on Origin, but I'll just say it like the splintering really starts to take effect, right? Like I was adopting like two launchers at that time. It's like I got my Steam. Um, what else was I using? Just like my regular game console interface for like PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. And then I have Steam for PC to then see like, oh, Origin popped up. And then it's like, oh, Netflix. And then it's like all these places where like my content is being like held into one small place. And then seeing that splinter up over two, three, four different launchers. There's definitely some fatigue there where I'm no less tired by double clicking a different icon. It's just the mental thought of like, 
not having the convenience of all my stuff being in one place for yeah. some reason, like that's a bother to me. Yes. I can't be the only one. No, yeah, it definitely should be. And then, yeah. and it's going to be that way for games. It's going to be that way for your, it, it's kind of that way already for your online yeah. streaming of TV. And everything. Yeah. Cause every, every wants them all go to themselves. Right. Yeah. But like, I love some EA games like Titanfall franchise, Titanfall two. Um, without a doubt, if I saw that on my Steam, especially the sales up, I would have bought it by now. But I haven't. Origin is keeping me away from it. Like honestly, I hate everything about Origin. It's just the usability of it, and you know. Yeah, no one's on there. That's the thing, too. It's like, hey, why don't you open Origin? You mean I got to install that because I forgot that I have games owned on there. <laughs> and I just haven't. Show me all these ads popping up all the time. Yeah, it just, it's preventing me, yeah, from buying EA games right now well, you more than ever. Yeah. But we didn't play Mass Effect or Battlefield. Yeah, I want to play Battlefield, but I don't want Origin. <laughs> I'm I at will, that point, dude. Yeah. I'm not. I'm really. It, it, if Battlefield I, was on Steam, I would have played it by now. Especially uh, uh, the last one, Battlefield One, looked really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, before COD uh, W2 came out, I wanted to play Battlefield, but I just didn't want to install Origin. And I have games on there <laughs> that know, I have not seen. Like you know a, what's fun on a console? Like an abandoned guy? child. Yeah. What's up? When you pop in your brand new copy of Battlefield, you're like, yes, let me sign into my Xbox Live account so I can play online. And then they're like, hey, now make an account for us. Like, I'm already just, oh my God. Like, just play the damn game. Just use my Xbox Live account, please. Like, I'm already signed in. I've got my credit card information there. Like, please. Oh my God. You want my email so you can send me advertisements? Right, no yeah, I just don't trust EA enough to be like, <laughs> give them any more info, right? Yeah. But with with Epic, it's interesting because the interface is really clean right now, which I really like. If they continue to just highlight two, three games every three months, you know, kind of like the Nintendo approach, mm-hmm. where they're not bombarding you with uh, monthly Nintendo games, right? Yeah. First of all, they can't, but it's kind of working in their favor where every three months there's a major game from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's working great. Like if Epic can do that, where they're not cluttering their front page every mm-hmm. month, it is a very enticing, well correlated. It, it's, it's like the Apple approach, where it's yeah. like I know if I open it up, it's, it's going to look good, or something that I would interest me would uh, be on that store without me having to find things. Yep. Right? Curation um, is the key. I agree, man. I think I hope they keep it that way. I don't, and, I don't think not they, too much. I don't think they're going to keep it. Like I think they, they're going to get more and more games on there, and it's going to devolve into what all these stores are devolving into. It's just a whole bunch of stuff you can't find. Yeah. So, well, to um, me, it'll be, but right it'll be now, det- detrimental because then I really don't want to have like three different uh, stores open up just to find my games, man. And that's the problem. I'm going to pick and choose like I have with <laughs> Steam and Origin. <laughs> it's like, just stop. <laughs> just get out of here. <laughs> I'll never play Titanfall because of you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, the sad part of all this. I mean, I'm glad. Ep- about. Yeah. But I'm glad Epic is really giving a challenge to Steam. Mm-hmm. The way that Origin didn't. Well, I feel and like that's going to do something. Sorry, Epic is doing a good job on the development side of the like, hey, we are going to take the lowest percent of any sort of cut on any of the big stores, you know, come with us. What are they taking, like 12% or something like that? Was mm-hmm. it like a 12% stake? I'm like, cool, that's 88% going to the game developer. Developer, yeah, that's huge. Right? Like, I don't need to make a box that goes at Best Buy. I don't need to ship right. it anywhere. Like, between this with, Right, with the marketing help from yeah. Epic. Yeah. That's huge. It's that's like, awesome. what, you're going to help me? Get the, these numbers that we agreed on to go exclusive. I was like, yeah. well, that's huge. Yeah, like I this flex number. That's really helpful. Like Steam needs to like Gabe needs to just roll off his couch <laughs> <laughs> and just flex some muscles for the indie guys, man. Like, like just put some effort. Like you're not making games. What are you doing? <laughs> and I, I have to say that let's say you're a steam diehard and you love steam and you feel sad that things are leaving 
the competition is good for you because much like when you're in a relationship and then someone super hot of your your opposite sex is uh so like if you're a boy and you have a girlfriend and like a super hot neighbor moves in who's a female, your girlfriend will be like, oh, shit, hell no. I got to get I'm gonna get in shape and look better than her. Or like, you know, with a guy, sometimes like we try to like suck in our guts or like, you know, puff out the chest a little bit when we feel like another man is entering the presence and we don't want him encroaching on our female or same sex, whatever, whatever. Um, <laughs> the reason why I bring that up is the competition is good. It's going to make the thing that you care about want to perform better to make sure that they offer some sort of competitive service for the developers or do something that is actually going to benefit you better in the long run so excuse the messy example but you get what i'm trying to say like if steam and valve goes unchecked who knows what innovations could have been lost because no competition ever showed up requiring them to do something different or do something new mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. We, like we haven't been happy with what steam's been doing but like, no, man. they still have they, they still do a lot right sure did they take the 30 percent? Nah. Right, but they do a lot, and they do more than what the Epic Store does. Right, okay. um, like I mean, that's just that's just facts, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, so like, um, and also they have way more eyeballs than one hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. Although you could say like all the Fortnite players have that launcher open, right? But you, there's no guarantee that Fortnite players would be like, "Oh, let me check out your game." Yeah, yeah, yeah this launcher, but it's not a bad incentive, right? Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, so, but yeah, but I'm, I'm with you on the competition though. You want, you want more competition for pressure on steam so that maybe they do do the way that price. Right. But like so mm-hmm. far their stance has been, their stance has been, we do a lot. So that's why we, you yeah. know, right. this Epic store thing could force valve to make half-life three because where else would half-life three show up but the steam store you heard it first you're welcome epic games brought us half-life three thank you epic games i really do hope 2019 <laughs> we hear more from valve in yeah. any way in, in, yeah. in they need a return i mean there's been creeping about their own vr device that they're developing hardware wise but uh it's time man they've been in not Valley of the Gods, Valve, right? I don't. Come on, I was not, not Valve. I was about to that, say, no, I was about to say that you, yeah. you want to see something from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Valve will be like, okay, here's Valley of the Gods. You no, not no, at that. What right? about? Like, <laughs> hey, what I would say to you is, what I would say to you is, just no pleasing y'all, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's clearly a team that was doing something cool that you bought. What is the rest of your staff doing right now? <laughs> show, show me the game years, design man. doc for Valley of the Gods that has. What was Valve's the last game they released? Version was one. Dota two the last one? No, Portal two, right? Dota two was first. I think Portal two was before Dota two. I think Dota two doesn't even count, man. It's like. <laughs> Where is everybody else? It's because they did the same thing. They bought that team to make that game. Like, what was the Portal team doing? Or the Left 4 Dead team was doing? Half-Life team doing? The Left 4 Dead. Counter-Strike is just two guys doing. Left 4 Dead. And they were like, we out. But Left 4 Dead 2 was built by Valve. Sold? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. That was all Valve. Like that, <laughs> they got shit for developing that game a year after Left 4 Dead. Mm. But how we miss those guys, <laughs> where they <laughs> felt the need to make a game fast. <laughs> so I, I think we uh, shot ourselves in the foot with that one as consumers. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine what life must be like for anybody as a game developer at Valve right now? It's from what I hear. What, are, what does your resume look like over the last five years? It's worse than Blizzard now. Oh, <laughs> so what do you do? I refresh my bank account today. <laughs> I hope they're cooking up something good. I really do. 2019 has to be something besides Valley of the Gods. Half like three. Please. Just, something. Just, just, ain't just ain't show no, everybody up. Ain't no, ain't no pleasing you. Just pray, frankly... Like I've seen, like what what, what we see in mm-hmm. by the gods, right? It was amazing. Right? I agree, and I'm way more hyped for like if they if Valve announced Half Life Three tomorrow, I'm way more hyped for by the gods. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Like for one, like I think I think like the 
how we remember Half-Life 2 being so great, it's really, really hard to uh, to uh, up that like up that ante, make it even mm-hmm. make a game just as great um, today. Um, and I just really dig stylized small things that uh, yeah. you know, I think that's way more interesting than just. Yeah. I mean, and it's better too, business model wise. I think you do better making something small, getting it to market, and it's good, clean, and refined, and making money. Versus taking like three, four, five year development cycle risks and then hoping that five years ago you were five years ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah. That's getting super hard to do in this competitive market today. And that's the last thing I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to pass the mic away so that Brandon Pham can close it out. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I pretty much empathize with the consumer. It seems like a lot of news is. Um, is uh with all the Activision stuff, I think out of that the budgie thing was a great thing. The Epic Store especially is another good thing for consumers, and uh, I, I think we're off to a good start for the year if that continues to be the trajectory. Uh, sorry, Blizzard fans, it sounds like <laughs> you're circling in the toilet bowl right now. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to continue, <laughs> if not more evident. There's a lot of good developers being pushed out literally right now. And um, I, I hope I hope the quality isn't going to diminish because uh, because they're, 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 their culture is being messed with right now, in my opinion. Um, it's definitely not the same as before. Um, but uh, I, 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 I look forward to be proven wrong because even though I'm not traditionally a Blizzard fan in terms of I don't play the games as much as everybody else or at all, I haven't, I haven't played Wolverine once, tried Diablo twice, <laughs> mostly because I don't, it had the same gameplay as Microsoft Windows. Uh, <laughs> but that's my opinion, right? Uh, but I do respect them and i hope that uh, the developers there are enjoying their jobs uh right now even with all the changes yeah that's it but uh i think that's it we hit that hour again everyone express your opinions on discord and uh have a good week larry can you see us out without a doubt good night everybody see you guys peace So thanks for listening to our podcast. I hope that you're a subscriber, but if you aren't, please feel free to follow us on any of the major podcast platforms, especially iTunes or Spotify. You can find show notes and more resources available to help you become a successful game developer. Just go on over to our website, www.gamedevunchained.com. If you're interested in keeping the conversation going, then definitely come check us out in Discord where we chat in real time for After Show Tuesdays to discuss episodes and Feedback Fridays where we share screenshots on the projects that we're currently working on. If you go over to Patreon.com, you can support our podcast financially. And if you do so, you get access to Life Unchained, our on-the-pulse, unfiltered game dev gossip content that we make exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And as usual, you can keep in touch and follow our happenings on Facebook and Twitter. That's Game Dev Unchained, the podcast.